Focus on the Family Canada's Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Program is a proven program designed to save couples from the brink of divorce. For over 15 years, Hope Restored Marriage Intensives have helped more than 4,500 couples, and over 80% of those surveyed are still together two years after attending. If you or someone you know is facing a crisis in their marriage, please call Focus on the Family Canada today at 1-833-999-HOPE or visit hoperestoredcanada.ca to find out more. We all know someone whose marriage has fallen apart, and maybe you've experienced that pain and loneliness and the anger. Today on Focus on the Family, we're joined by a couple whose relationship was broken, but then they discovered God at work, and what he did is unbelievable and wonderful. Your host is author and Focus president, Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller, and Jim, this broadcast is going to offer hope to a lot of people. Uh, John, the great thing about God's economy, there's always hope for everybody, no matter what your circumstance is. And if you're struggling in your marriage, I think you'll be encouraged today that there is hope for reconciliation, even in the most difficult of circumstances. Uh, The last time we aired this broadcast, one listener contacted us and told us it saved their marriage. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're about here at Focus. That's always the big victory that we were able to save a marriage because, at the core, it's our faith in Christ that motivates us and I know motivates these couples to reconsider. Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs are intimately familiar with what it feels like to have a marriage gone wrong, and they'll share about their difficult journey and how God rebuilt their relationship. Yeah, and they're the founders of Hope Matters Marriage Ministries based in Plano, Texas, Uh, Together, they've counseled hundreds, if not thousands, of couples over many, many years. Cheryl is the host of a podcast called Thriving Beyond Belief, and Jeff and Cheryl are also the authors of the book, I Do Again. And this discussion is based on the content of that great book. A key part of their story is that they were married for 10 years, divorced for seven, and they've now been remarried for over 20 years. So today on Focus on the Family, we begin the conversation with Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs as Jeff talks about where they were spiritually when they met. You know, Cheryl and I met, and it was interesting. Neither one of us were walking the walk. She grew up Catholic, and I grew up in uh, what I would consider a legalistic Baptist church, and but more of it was just the way I perceived it. And then when I got to college, I kind of made a left-hand turn and walked away from my faith. And so when we met each other, neither one of us were, you know, walking with the Lord. Now, yeah. did you meet in your mid-20s? or? Yeah, I was, I was a senior in college. Um, right. I grew up going to church all my life, um, but I didn't understand about a walk with Jesus until later on. Uh, Jeff and I met. Uh, he swept me off my feet. I was actually uh, just about engaged to someone else. Ah. And um, we started dating, and it was kind of a love at first sight type thing. Uh, we married about a year uh, after we started dating and moved to California. Uh, we moved to L.A., and we were just uh, kind of living the California lifestyle. Mm. Uh, we were successful in our jobs. We were in our mid-20s and making a lot of money. We had an ocean view home. We had all the right stuff. Um, Cheryl, there's so many people uh, that may profess uh, a Christian faith, but they don't live it. They're not close to the Lord in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like you were kind of in that category. Mm-hmm. When you looked at 
the way your jobs were going. You were doing well. You lived on an oceanfront house. It sounds like the dream. You guys were living the dream. But what was going wrong? What was not happening in your relationship? Well, there wasn't really um, any intimacy or a depth of intimacy and conversation and um, just really getting to know each other's heart. In fact, Cheryl, you probably should speak to this because I thought everything was fine. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I thought everything was perfect. Yeah, Jeff thought the relationship, our marriage was perfect. Uh, for what? me, for well, you know, going into marriage, um, you know, I, I would have considered myself a Christian. Uh, I believed uh, that Jesus died on the cross. I wasn't really sure why he did that. Um, and so going into it, I mean, I prayed, uh, I prayed a lot and two years into the marriage, I started to feel empty and I wasn't really sure why I felt empty, but, and I really actually thought there was something wrong with me because what did that emptiness feel like to you? Cause I'm, I know there's many women that may say that's how I feel. Yeah. Describe what that means. Yeah. I, I really, I was craving a connection with my husband I didn't realize the hole in my heart uh, at that point. Being a, a spiritual hole, I didn't. I didn't get that. But um, I, I needed to be closer to my husband. I felt like we were doing great in so many areas of life, but we didn't really connect. And uh, I didn't know how to go about that. I didn't really learn how to do that as a kid. And I'm the oldest of five. Um, I was very responsible and and all of that, but I wasn't really close to my dad. Um, as far as emotionally close. And so I didn't really know how to pursue Jeff. And actually, I had Jeff on a pedestal. I idolized mm. him. I thought that if I told him that I was you know, not happy or that things didn't feel right to me, that he would leave me, ironically. And uh, so I just kept it all to myself. Mm. And I just really lived with this burden of emotional connection with him. What was the snapping point? What was the event that broke your relationship? Mm. Uh, Jim, uh, you know, I really thought, just to back up for one second, I thought having kids was the answer. So we had, you know, gone through some, uh, you know, infertility issues and ended up uh, getting pregnant with twins, which was awesome. And I really thought that was going to change everything. You thought that would fill that hole, I, I did. I thought it was, you know, it's kind of the natural next step kind of thing. So once the girls came along for about a year, I was I was pretty good. I was pretty even and not really feeling, you know, void in a lot of areas with Jeff. And um, the girls were 16 months old. Uh, I had been, in, I had a big sales job. And I went to our national sales meeting, which I went to every year. And I started talking to a guy that I'd known for a long time. We had the same uh, position in the company. And he was in Northern California, and I was in Southern California. We started talking about our job to begin with. And then he started to share with me that he was having problems in his marriage. Mm. And I had kept all of my concerns about my marriage and my uh, hunger for more with my husband to myself. I hadn't shared it with an, another person, not a, a girlfriend, my family or anything. And so for the first time, I started to open my heart up to a man um, that I was having you know, questions about my marriage, that I, I didn't know if I was married to the right guy. I didn't know if I was in love with my husband anymore. And that was... Uh, Luckily, the last evening of the sales conference that we were at, mm -hmm. nothing happened physically, uh, but what I felt there was a bond and a connection that, frankly, at that point in time, I felt like I had never experienced in my life. And so uh, the next morning, uh, he said something to me about having breakfast in the morning, and I said, no, I can't do that. I knew I, 
like I said, I was the, I'm the oldest of five kids. I grew up very responsible and never you know gave my parents any trouble. So and, the bells were going off for oh, you, Oh, for sure. You knew I this knew. was dangerous. I knew right? it was dangerous, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I always wanted to do things right, and so it just wasn't who I was. And the next morning, uh, the temptation was too strong for me. I had breakfast with this man, and, you know, I think back about that now, and I think, gosh, what were the other salespeople thinking? I mean, there were 150 other people there as well. We both got on our respective flights to go back to our cities, I got off the plane in Los Angeles, and I looked at Jeff, and I uh, he hugged me, and I had my head on his shoulder, and I realized I hadn't missed him at all. And then I all I could think mm. about at that point was this connection with this man. Mm. And that was on a Friday, and what's interesting about that time frame back then, it was in 1990, we didn't have texting, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have email or anything like that. So this was a Friday. And I wasn't going to the office till Monday. So basically, for me, it was waiting over the weekend to be able to talk to this guy from mm. the office. So you're anticipating that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cheryl, when you look at that fork in the road, and you mentioned it, but there are probably women and men uh, in the work environment listening to us now mm-hmm. that they're at that fork in the road. When you look back on that, um, trying to override those emotions that you're feeling, connecting with this person mm-hmm. emotionally, which was the void you were feeling at the time what could you have done differently? Well, uh, now I know what I could have done differently, and I chose not to. But I was very weak at that point. Um, I was deceived, and I didn't – I just – I I had no boundaries. Um, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to be talking to a man alone. I wasn't to share my deepest, darkest heart with with a man. Um, So I know all that now. Uh, But that would be one of the things. And then I knew throughout that evening that I needed to be walking away from it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. How long then did this go? I mean, you went now another few months or another uh, year or two? Or how long did that affair, in essence, how long did it occur? So Jeff and I went back to our normal life when I got back. Uh, I started talking to this man on the phone that Monday. And we started talking two or three hours a day on the telephone from the office. Mm-hmm. And what was developing there was was a connection and a relationship. And I literally thought that I was falling in love with someone. Mm-hmm. And if you think about that, um, how can you fall in love with someone over the telephone? But anyway, that's where I was at that point. This was in March of 1990, in April of 1990. He intentionally got a flight to L.A. Uh, we met at a hotel. And that's when it became a full-blown adulterous affair. Um, And that was a month after we had had that conversation. That same week, a lot of things happened. I I went to Jeff, and I told him that I didn't know if I loved him, and I didn't know if I wanted to stay married. Uh, I didn't know if I had ever loved him. And um, And, we were quite shocked by that. (laughs) And Jeff, this is the first, that that comment that Mm -hmm. Cheryl made, that would Mm -hmm. have been the first inclination that there was a problem. Right. During I mean, that month, you did not have any idea. I was that, totally clueless. Was there something you missed? I mean, as a man uh, helping know, I, other men. Mm-hmm. What I mean, did I, you I, miss? I shouldn't say I was totally clueless. I did notice around that time that there was a little distance between us. And I asked Cheryl if we could go to counseling. And um, we actually did go to counseling twice. But, and, but the counselor in Los Angeles uh, told me I was wasting my time, that her heart wasn't into it. And then it wasn't long after that. I mean, Cheryl can probably tell you exactly when, but it was maybe a month, and I got transferred to Dallas. 
with my job. So we were picking up and moving to Dallas. So I thought, well, maybe this is what we need. Maybe we need a fresh start, a new city, you know, get away from that lifestyle. And, and, and maybe, maybe that will be what will make things better. You know? I, I can only imagine, Cheryl, at that point, you're mm-hmm. questioning whether or not you want to go. Right. Yeah. I definitely questioned it. And I didn't see any other choice. Actually, the way I felt was I'm leaving this new love, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I was very family oriented, loved being married, you know, loved having the girls and the family and all of that. And so I literally thought eventually, oh my gosh, this is a relief. We can get to Dallas. We can start over. Jeff won't have to know about any of this. Because you and, hadn't told him anything no, about this other man. I, I, no. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. I, w- I was petrified to talk to him about it. And that, again, is where our relationship wasn't strong because I should have been able to go to him and say, hey, I've been tempted. And re- really right at the beginning, because maybe the hotel situation wouldn't have happened right. if I was able to go to him and, and share. But I was I was scared to death. I, I was just scared, I guess, that... He would leave me or, you know, I don't know, take my kids. I I don't know what I was thinking. Cheryl, you're saying something so important. I want to kind of stop us all and think about it. What you're saying is that if you felt uh, greater security in the relationship, Mm -hmm. and and Jeff, I'm sure this isn't just a reflection on your relationship. I mean, all of us have moments, I think, in our marriages where, you know, there's a lack of of security. That I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if I share that with my spouse, Mm -hmm. if he or she will respond. But you're saying if you had that at that moment, Mm -hmm. you think most, if not all, of this may have been avoided if you could have talked about it. Mm -hmm. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Everybody around us this summer, I say everybody, but our eyes were open to it in the last year that there's a lot of folks in their 30s that are our age that were seeing their marriages fall apart. And it scared us. After 11 years, Brett's marriage had grown stale. He wanted something better for he and his wife. That's when they found our podcast online and began listening almost every day. Focus on the families helped our marriage from the standpoint of opening our hearts to see things from the other's perspective and to make sure that God is centered in our marriage I'm Jim Daly. Thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Brett's marriage is getting better. Working together, we can give families hope. Will you join our marriage building team? Call 800, the letter A and the word family. That's 800-A-FAMILY. Or donate at focusonthefamily.ca slash give. Word of mouth is the best kind of promotion, and Deeks Insurance is proud to list word of mouth as a secret to their success. Serving the faith-based community with tailored plans and preferred rates for home and auto insurance, Deeks knows the importance of a good reputation, which is why so many customers refer their friends and their family to Deeks Insurance, a licensed insurance brokerage since 1981. If you can't wait to find out from someone else, then visit deeksinsurance.ca to get started with a quote. Deeks Insurance where family matters. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. What I've heard both of you say is expectations. Uh, Cheryl, your expectations of Jeff once you got in the relationship, and, and Jeff, your expectations about the move to Dallas, did that exasperate things when you finally did move, or did that uh, calm things down? What what effect did it have on both of you, you know, after we moved to Dallas, I mean, we we actually moved into an apartment, 
and we were building a house. So I'm thinking we're building this house on a golf course. Cheryl grew up on a golf course. That was her family business. This would make her happy. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm thinking. And But I would come home every day from the office to the apartment, and many times she's sitting on the couch crying. So I'm thinking there's something psychologically wrong. I'm thinking she needs counseling. Maybe she's depressed. You know, she left her job. She's she went from this big career to coming to Dallas and being a stay-at-home mom. You know, there with the you know two babies, and so I'm thinking all those things. And then I'm also thinking, is she crazy? Do I is something wrong? Should I feel safe leaving my daughter's home with her when I come home and see that she's just sitting there crying? I'm, I'm those are the kind of things that are going through my mind. Mm. And you, at this point, you don't know the full story. I still don't know the full story. Let's move there. Well, how, how did that happen? How did that come out into the light, and how did you respond? Okay, I, I really didn't know the full story until after our divorce. Okay, so you've yeah, kept, she, you kept that, and you moved years. ahead with the divorce. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, going talking about expectations, uh, John, I, I watched soap operas growing up. And that is really probably where I got my idea of what I thought marriage was supposed to be like. So I'm expecting all these things. And I think, you know, now as I counsel women, I see women that expect so much that are are really expectations you can't even meet in a relationship. And so that's that was one thing. And then coming to Dallas for me was a refreshment. I literally thought I could run away from that. It wasn't who I was. I felt like I was two people living two different lives. I I was excited about being a stay-at-home mom. And so what he was seeing, <clears throat> I didn't even know he was thinking I was crazy or, or thinking that I was depressed. You know, I was excited about what was going on, but I didn't know what to do with this dilemma. Right. And so I started to miss that relationship. So I, we started to talk on the phone again. Um, we, like with I said, we man. didn't have texting and Facebook and things to communicate that way. And so I was afraid, again, to say anything to Jeff. I wanted to. I almost did a dozen times because mm-hmm. I wanted him to just know the truth so that we could move on and and get our marriage back on well, track. Well, that guilt had to be so heavy Oh, for it was you. just terrible. It well, was terrible. What happened? I mean, again, you're moving toward divorce. Yeah. You made that decision. Uh, was it in part so you could cover that up and not have to deal with it? Did you get to that point where you said divorce would be easier than facing Jeff with the truth? No. Uh, divorce was the answer because I thought I was in love with somebody else. Okay. And so I went to an attorney behind Jeff's back. I filed papers, and then you can tell uh, that story about well, how. Well, yeah, at this point, we had moved into our what we affectionately call the shrine to our marriage now, our, our McMansion. Uh, now we know that's not the important things of life. But anyhow, I was upstairs in our new house reading the girls a bedtime story, and the front doorbell is ringing. I'm going, well, I knew Cheryl was downstairs. I'm going, why isn't she answering the door? And so I grabbed one of the girls. I, I can't remember which one it was, and just headed downstairs. And it was the sheriff serving me with papers. And that's the first mm-hmm. I knew. Mm-hmm. And That was the first yeah. you yeah. knew. Yeah. And I don't even know how wow. I kept I kept it together long enough to go back up the stairs, put whoever I had in my arms back down, put him to bed. And then I went downstairs and just kind of freaked out. Like, what in the world is going on here? And mm-hmm. that's, But what, what's hmm. important about that is that that was a two-year time frame. Right. And then we were divorced in August of ninety two. So Well let's let's talk now. You you do go through with the divorce. Where does God enter the picture? How mm-hmm. does God become more 
vital in your life? You recognize the need for him. Is it through the divorce that you turned to God? Well, when we first moved to Dallas, uh, like many, many people do and couples do, is we were in trouble. And so we were invited by a couple that we knew in Dallas, the only couple we knew, to go to church. And so we started to go to church. And what was going on with me is my heart was being stirred. The Holy Spirit, you know, God was coming after me. I didn't understand what it was. All I knew is that every time I went to church, I cried through the sermons, I'd cry through the singing, mm. and I was so curious and hungry for whatever this was. This, I, I couldn't put my finger on what was going on. So for me, God was really pursuing me. And, um, you know, you, I don't know, Jeff kept trying, right. uh, but I think for you spiritually. Uh, well, I mean, for me, it was, you know, just getting back to my roots and understanding that I had walked away from my Lord and, and I love the Lord. And, and, you know, it wasn't long after we started going to this church that they asked me to help with the high school youth group, which was kind of a joke because I was in no position to be leading or, you know, but actually I was just there for crowd control for the first year or so. <laughs> and um, that was even ministering to me. Just the, you know, the 25 minute talk that the youth pastor would give on Sunday nights after I'd heard the sermon in the morning. So, you know, the Lord was working on my heart at the same time and just drawing me back to him. So. Mm-hmm. Did, now, so, when did you actually find out about the affair? The papers arrived that night. It, did you have a talk that night or did it take even more time? Or did it? She still didn't tell me about the affair. It was like I could not figure out why she would go through a divorce. I mean, I knew her family and, you know, her parents didn't have a great marriage, but they stuck it out, you know. And and like my parents had been married at that point close to 50 years. And, you know, so I was just like, I, I didn't get that. Divorce wasn't even in my vocabulary. And I'm like, how can things be so bad that we can't just go get help and fix this? But she powered on and pressed on. And mm-hmm. I really didn't know what to think, you know. And So you were at a loss, really. I, yeah. Well, that's he tried I, and tried and tried. And I finally moved upstairs. And he just kept begging me, like, Cheryl, what? I mean, what could be so bad? And so I'm keeping this huge secret. There's an elephant in the room that he didn't know about. Mm. So we divorced in August of 92. And... Obviously, we didn't keep going to the same church, so I'm the one that left and went to a new church. And uh, again, this church was just, oh, the gospel was being preached every single week. And I kept hearing it and kept hearing it and kept hearing it. And these women at the church my age were normal, fun, and they, they kept loving on me. And I kept thinking, why did they love me so much? I'm I'm a mess. My life's a mess. I just went through a divorce. I felt like I had a scarlet, you know, letter on me and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And what I realized is what they had was Jesus and I didn't. And so within a couple of months, literally three months after we divorced, I came to know the Lord mm. as my Savior. And so as great as that day was, that's how devastated I was too. Because what I saw is what I left in, in my wake. And that was you know, a broken marriage and broken family. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cheryl, I mean, it's interesting to me to hear how God was working on your heart, Mm -hmm. even in this depth of despair, really. Mm -hmm. How how did you feel uh, pressing ahead with the divorce when that day came and the divorce was final? Mm -hmm. How did you feel? August 21st, 1992 was the worst day of my life. Mm. That was the day our divorce was final. And I stood at that in front of the uh, judge, and he said, so you're here to divorce. And Jeff wasn't there, of course. He wasn't going to go. And I said, 
Yes. And I stood there. My heart was just breaking as I stood there. And I thought, what am I doing? And then the attorney, I, I left the judge, and he, I walk outside the door, and he, he grabs my hand, and he said, congratulations. Mm. And I said to myself, congratulations? And so I literally got in my car, and I thought, what in the world have I done? But it's what I wanted. I called the guy that I had, the, you know, was having the affair with, said, it's over, you know, and then we could actually start a relationship. And I'm doing all these things. My heart is, I am broken. It was the worst day of my life. Uh, you still haven't told Jeff where things were at at this point. Mm-hmm. How long from the point where the divorce was final mm-hmm. did you actually uh, come clean and mm-hmm. basically tell Jeff what was going on? <laughs> yeah. She didn't actually come clean. I mean, the way I found out was, you know, it was through uh, going over to her house to pick up the girls. And I went over to the house to pick up the girls, and I saw him in her house. Well, then I was able to put two and two together because I knew him. Uh, he had come uh, in for yeah. the weekend. And so he was. it was like 6 o'clock in the evening, and Jeff yeah. was picking the girls up for the weekend. And this guy was right there at the front door because he had just gotten yeah. there. And, and my first feeling was actually relief because mm-hmm. I'm like – you got the answer. No, no, yeah. what's been going on? It's like, you know, I couldn't figure out what was going on up to that point, but now it at least made sense to me. And then it went to pretty quickly to anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, pretty, I stayed in that anger stage for mm-hmm. a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Jeff, this is a tough place to cut off, but mm-hmm. we've got to hear that side of the story again. I think so many couples will benefit. Uh, Cheryl, I want to say thank you for being so vulnerable Thanks, um, as we wrap up today. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. But I am a big believer that when we as Christians allow our faults and our sin to be shared in a respectful way, people connect to that. Because mm-hmm. you know what? We're all sinners saved by grace. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say thank you for being so bold. Oh, thanks, Jim. And uh, let's come back next time and keep the story going. Because I just, I can feel in my bones mm-hmm. we're helping a lot of marriages today. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thanks, Jim. Well, the time today on Focus on the Family with our guests, Jeff and Cheryl, went by so quickly as they uh, opened up with us about their troubled marriage and their divorce. Though it doesn't end there, John. Uh, Next time, we'll hear how God put it all back together for the Scruggs. It's amazing what happened, and I don't want you to miss it. Uh, Maybe you've been listening to Jeff and Cheryl, and you've related to the brokenness in their marriage, and you're thinking, "Um, my marriage is kind of similar. I want to strongly encourage you to look into our program, Hope Restored. That's our intensive counseling program for couples struggling to keep their marriage alive. Many of those couples who go have already signed divorce papers, but this is their last hope that something can be done. So if you need that kind of help, please call us. Uh, at least to find out more about Hope Restored. Yeah, we'd be happy to tell you about that opportunity and also about other resources and uh, our counseling team. Our number is 800-A-FAMILY, 800-232-6459. And uh, Jeff and Cheryl's book, in which they share their story, is called I Do Again. You'll be encouraged by uh, their perspectives and the thoughts of their daughters as well. And uh, request your copy when you get in touch and get a CD or download of this two-part broadcast. We're going to have additional insights for hurting couples uh, on the CD and download. These and other helps at focusonthefamily.ca or call 1-800-3000.
the letter A and the word family. And I hope you'll prayerfully uh, consider helping us to strengthen marriages that are in trouble. That's our mission together. Uh, We're in the trenches every day helping couples to thrive in their marriage with biblical advice and encouragement. Yeah, it takes uh, so many different people joining together to make this kind of a ministry possible. Your partnership is vital, and so please donate generously today when you get in touch. Again, our phone number, 800-A-FAMILY. And on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back next time as we continue with the Scruggs and once again help you and your family thrive in Christ. <music>